Reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 14. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in their field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, and why don't you say it with me, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Merry Christmas, everyone. I hope you're doing well. I'm so glad that you're here today. For those of you who are here in the house, thank you guys for being here, being in person. Thank you guys for those of you who are out on the backstage patio, Cynthia said with a fire, I hope it's controlled. Uh, so anyway, glad that you're here. And then also those of you who are joining us online, thank you guys so much for being here. I was kidding about the controlled fire it is. Uh, so uh, really glad that you're here today. And I don't know about you, I'm really glad that we're able to meet together in 2021 like this. If you were here last year, yeah, you're like, yes. If you were here last year, we did, but it was in little pods and groups, and it was quite different. And I'm really glad that we're able to meet together and uh, be here together as a church and as a church family. I don't know about you, but there's certain themes in the Christmas story that I, I wonder about. I wonder about the light that Jesus brings into the world. I wonder about the virgin birth. I wonder... And in some ways, an amazement at what God was doing because he sent his son to die. He brought a newborn baby into this world for the purpose of dying for our sins. I wonder about that. It causes me to wonder. Probably causes you to wonder. And I've always wondered about the angels' announcement that they make. This pronouncement that they make. This announcement of peace on earth and goodwill men. I think we can agree that one of the things that's lacking in our world is peace and goodwill. Can we agree on that? It's not a peaceful time in our world. Really hasn't ever been, has it, a peaceful time in our world. But I think to discover a little bit about what the angels were talking about, we have to go back to the first verse. The first verse gives us such clues on this time that Jesus was born, the culture that he was born into. 
verse 1 of Luke 2, it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. How many of you remember studying about Caesar Augustus in the Roman Empire in school? Can you remember, like me, it might be a little far back to remember that, but I remember studying about the Roman Empire. One of the things that we learn about the Roman Empire that began to introduce itself right during this time is something called Pax Romana. Do you know what that means? The peace of Rome, Pax Romana. And the peace of Rome was something that started right about the time that Jesus came onto the scene. Caesar Augustus was went by the name Octavian, and he led the Roman Empire for 44 years, oddly enough, that started, his reign started in 44 BC. And it was his great, great grand uncle who was the one that wanted to reform Rome during the time of the Republic. Julius Caesar wanted to reform Rome. He wanted to bring a stable, peaceful government that was good for all the people. He wanted to bring into the Roman world, the Roman Republic at that time, something that was consistent and reliable, and he desperately wanted the peace of Rome. And of course, famously, he died at the hands of many of the senators who conspired to uh, see to it that he was killed because he wanted to reform the government. There's always seems to be a loss of, of life when there's a struggle for power, am I right? Seems like there's a loss of life anytime there's a struggle for power. And Octavian, Caesar Augustus, before he became emperor, he joined forces with Mark Antony, the great general of the army, the Roman army, who was the general under Julius Caesar. And they came together and they defeated, they went through some battles and had an amazing victories. But as happens with many partnerships over time during this peace in Rome, uh, they had a feud. And Octavian, Caesar Augustus, rose up against Mark Antony and actually defeated him and the last pharaoh of Egypt, Cleopatra. And some of you are like, thanks for the history lesson on Christmas Eve. Well, I tell you this because once he became the emperor, he was the man who was responsible for bringing peace into Rome. He was the one who had won this great battle and came into Rome and was kind of worshipped as a hero. In fact, the, the name that he was given was, is Augustus, Caesar Augustus, which means exalted one. And he was given the title of princeps, which means the first citizen of Rome. And if you look up the history of the Roman Empire, he was the one who was the first emperor of Rome, the first citizen of Rome. And he ushered in a time of peace and relative prosperity. But along with that peace and prosperity, as it grew, so did his ego. He wanted to be the one, not his great uncle, who was responsible for the architecture of the peace and all the roads and all the things that we, if you ever go over there, I've never been, but if you go over there, you get to see the ruins of. And his reign ushered in a more stable government and a quick expansion of the Roman Empire. It's during this time, they had become 
the empire that was really in control of the known world in that day and age. And they did it because they took over provinces that were on the outskirts of, uh, of the world, and they, they began to expand their territory. And of course, as governments and nations do, often as their territory expanded, they needed something from the people who lived in those territories. What did they need from them? Their money. And so he ordered everyone in every province of Rome to go to their hometown to be counted. Not so that Rome could check in and see how they're doing. Not so that Rome can check in on citizens and, and, and make sure that they're okay. They, they needed to be counted so that the treasury in Rome could be full. And it sure enough was. And there sure was peace. And there was a consistent, stable government for the first time in a long time because the Republic of Rome had been uh, involved in war after war after war. And for about 200 years, there was this long period of time where Rome and the world was at peace. But in the shadows of that peace was an understanding that that peace was only existed as long as the citizens who lived there would pay their taxes. Because if they didn't pay their taxes, that peace would be taken away. You see, it was a peace that was conditional. It was a peace if you lived there during that day and age, if you were a Roman citizen during that day and age, you knew that it was conditional, but you also knew that it was fragile. Because if you disobeyed Caesar, if you disobeyed the emperor, you would be taken out. And in the shadows of this great time of peace in the world and peace in Rome and the Roman Empire, in the shadows of that was the military, the Roman military that stood ready to take control of any situation that became unpeaceful. And that meant anyone who disobeyed. And so the peace in Rome was unstable. It was conditional. It was very fragile. And as long as the person who was in charge of Rome in that day and age believed in peace... They had peace. But God forbid if someone came in who didn't believe in that peace, they would take it away. And so not only was it, un was it conditional, not only was it fragile, but the peace that existed in the world in that day and age was temporary. And I've wondered if the angels really did mean what they said in that culture and in that era, how in the world could they honestly say that peace came into the world? And then I thought, well, wait a minute. We live in much of the same day and age, don't we? We live in a, a period of time where things are pretty much the way that it was in Rome. It may not be that aggressive and in our face, but it is a period of time where there's great division in the world. And peace is conditional in many cases. Peace is fragile in many cases. Peace is definitely temporary in our world. And the angels said, peace on earth. And the problem, church, is the problem this Christmas that I want you to understand is that we have a, a, a very small, thin definition of what peace is. You see, in our world, peace is the absence of conflict. It is Christmas Eve. I promise you, I'm guessing that like 95% of you will realize over the next 24 hours that peace can't exist in this world. <laughs> There'll be something that happens tonight, right, or tomorrow morning, 
you know, the turkey is overdone, or the, we forgot the bread, that happened to us one year. All right, we forgot the rolls, you got to have rolls in the Christmas dinner, right? Or you forgot to get that gift, and you're just hoping beyond hope, Walmart's open later tonight, <laughs> or there won't be peace in your house. <laughs> but you see, we don't really understand what peace is all about. Not the type of peace the angels were talking about. And it's so our desire to, to conceptualize this, we try to secularize it. We try to put the world's spin on peace, which is an absence of conflict. But the peace that the angels were talking about was so much more than that. It was based on God's time. It was based on his economy. It was based on the way that he was doing things. I, I love John chapter 1, the gospel of John. And just as a side, I, I want to read this because I think it'll maybe help us understand that we don't understand the way that God does things. John writes this about Jesus. Every time you see the word, word here, he's referring to Jesus. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God, and the word was God. See, Jesus was born into this world. We celebrated on December 25th. He was born into this world, but he's existed with God. Three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit from the beginning of time. And that's hard for us to understand, but it just shows us that we don't understand God's version of time and peace and the whole thing. He was in the beginning with God, verse 2. All things were made through him, and without him not anything was made that was made. Don't think too hard about that. <laughs> in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, just like we sang about, and the darkness has not overcome it. Thank goodness. Skipping down to verse 9. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. Listen to these next two verses. He came to his own, Jesus did, and his own people didn't receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become. What's that next word? Children of God. Verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Jesus. He dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, we don't understand the type of peace because we don't understand what God was doing. The Bible says, his ways are not my ways and my ways are not his ways. God was doing something far. Listen, I want you to hear this. He was doing something far greater than just providing a lack of conflict in our world. He was offering, and in the angel's pronouncement, he was exclaiming, and they were exclaiming that there is a peace that is unconditional. Not conditional. There's a peace that's not fragile, but it's impenetrable. It cannot be destroyed. And there's a peace that we can have with God that is eternal. It can never be taken away by any leader of this world. And so the peace that the angels were pronouncing, peace on earth, they were talking about a oneness between us and God. You see, God sent his only son to come in this world to, to live for 33 years and to die on a cross to take your sins and mine away. And when we believe in him, 
when we accept him as our savior, then we can have peace that is everlasting. That's what the angels were pronouncing. Peace that's everlasting. Peace between us and God. They weren't just talking about a peace that's found on this earth, nor were they talking about a, a, a spiritual plus earthly peace. They were talking about a heavenly spiritual peace that is absolutely unending. And even though we may not be able to understand God's timing, even though we may not be able to understand God's economy, we can understand that death is real and that life is real and that all of us one day will spend an eternity somewhere. And God sent his son so that you could spend an eternity with him in heaven. He came to bring a spiritual light. And today, on Christmas of 2021, putting all the stories about Caesar Augustus in the history lesson I just gave you and talk about taxes. Some of you are like, thanks, I needed to be reminded about taxes in Christmas of 2021. Thanks, Todd, appreciate that. Putting aside all of those things, I believe in the pronouncement that the angels came and gave the shepherds that day. I believe that there is a response for us. For those of you who are here listening, watching, those of you maybe on the backstage patio and here in the house, I think there is a response that we need to understand as Christ followers. And that is, is to be promoters of the pronouncement that the angels gave, peace on earth. And while it can't be achieved in the way that we think about it, the angels were announcing to the world that there's one who's brought eternal peace and he's been born in Bethlehem, follow the star. We can be promoters of peace. And we can be deliverers of that good will. The angel's pronouncement of good will, if you look at a word study and understand the original language, that's the part that means a peace between humankind. And the angels say, peace on earth and good will towards men. We can be promoters of peace. Have you noticed how incredibly divided the world is today? It doesn't take far for us to look, does it? And can we agree on that, church? That the world is wildly divided today? The world is wildly divided, and unfortunately, the church is divided as well. But if we take seriously the pronouncement of the angels, peace on earth and goodwill towards men, if we as Christ followers take seriously that challenge, we can respond and we can be a part of people receiving their eternal peace. We can represent Christ in the church well. And my challenge to those of you who are here today and listening and watching and your Christ followers is be ready to be promoters of peace, deliverers of goodwill. I realize that there's tomorrow morning or tonight, whatever your tradition may be on opening presents is. Um, it's an exciting time. And kids, look, don't let your parents think that they're not excited. They're excited too. Right, parents? We get joy in seeing the joy on their faces, even though it costs us a lot of money and keeps us up very late. Sometimes that's fact. Okay, so we do get great joy out of that. But I want us as Christ followers to get a joy out of being people who are promoters of peace and delivers of goodwill. That's our challenge. That's our challenge. 
Verse 14 of Luke 2. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. May we as Christ followers think about that tonight. May we think about that tomorrow when we want to criticize, when we want to run down, when we want to complain, when we're irritated that someone's late. <laughs> when we're irritated we didn't get the gift that we thought we were going to get. Let us be promoters of peace and let us deliver goodwill. But I think there's a second message that we can receive. And this may be for some of you who maybe haven't put your faith in Jesus yet. Because with the pronouncement of peace and goodwill, I believe is a message for those of you who have never accepted Jesus as your Savior yet. And it is such a great announcement. In fact, it is better than any present that you're going to open tonight or tomorrow. Real quick survey. How many of you open presents at night? All right. On, on, on Christmas Eve. How many of you do on Christmas Day? Real quick. All right. All right. Yeah. You rock. Okay. So anyway, yeah. So whether it is tomorrow or whether it's tonight, <laughs> we're Christmas morning, uh, whether it's tomorrow or tonight, there is no, no better gift that you can receive than the love of God, than the eternal, unconditional. I want you to think about that word for a moment. The unconditional peace that God provides. The peace that God provides that cannot be taken away. And as we just read in John chapter 1 verse 12, I want you to really take these words in if you've never given your life to Christ. If you've never accepted him and received that gift. But to all, but to all who did, what's that next word? Receive him. Who, what's that next word? Say it with me. Believed in his name. He gave the right to become children of God. It doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter what you are doing. It doesn't matter what you do tomorrow. It is an unconditional love. It's an unconditional peace. And that's the pronouncement that the angels gave to us all. My challenge for those of you who have never done it, is that tonight would be the night that you believe in God's Son, Jesus. That you would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you left here tonight and it was your last day on earth, your last week on earth, your, your last hour on earth, that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that because you believe in God's Son, the one that we all celebrate tonight and tomorrow, that because of your belief, you're going to be in heaven one day when you die. We come together in a place like this and we celebrate Christmas or we may go home tonight and we have a bunch of people over and we kind of like have this time where we focus on Christmas, but really what we do is we focus on all the stuff around Christmas. Let's be honest, don't we? I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that, right? It's a family time, and it's a time of tradition, and we try to make this service a little more traditional than, than most of our services. Um, if you come back on January 2nd, you'll see. So uh, anyway, uh, we, but man, that's, those are such great things. But I want to challenge us this year to think about Christmas differently because there is never going to be a peace that is everlasting like the peace of God. There's a guy by the name of Peter Marshall. Um, he 
immigrated from Scotland when he was young, came to the U.S. on his own. He was listening at Christmas time to the family that he was staying with talk about Christ. And there in that moment, he knelt down and accepted Christ just because he heard them talking. That's the pronouncement of peace, by the way. He knelt down and he accepted Christ as a Savior. He went on to be a great pastor back uh, just after World War II, and he became the longest-serving chaplain of the U.S. Senate. And right as World War II ended, he delivered a sermon. It was longer than mine tonight, I assure you, to his church. And the name of his sermon was, Let's Keep Christmas. And tonight, I just want to read the last page or two of his sermon that's written in a book that his wife put together back in 1953. This copy was actually published in 1953. And I just want to read these last words. And hopefully, as you leave this place tonight, you won't just celebrate Christmas. You'll keep it. You won't just celebrate peace. You'll keep it. He says this, And then you will remember what Christmas means. The beginning of Christianity, the second chance for the world. Do you need a second chance tonight? The hope for peace, the only way, the promise that the angels sang is the most wonderful music the world has ever heard. Peace on earth and goodwill toward men. It was not a pronouncement upon the state of the world then, nor is it a reading of the international barometer of the present time. But it is a promise, God's promise, of what one day will come to pass. The years that are gone are graveyards in which all the persuasions of men have crumbled into dust. If history has any voice, it is to say that all these ways of men lead nowhere. There remains one way, the way, untried, untested, unexplored fully, the way of him who was born a babe in Bethlehem. In a world that seems, remember the day that he was giving this message, remember the day and the time, there was a lack of peace in the world, maybe even more so than today. In a world that seems not only to be changing, but even to be dissolving there are some tens of millions of us who want Christmas to be the same, with the same old Merry Christmas and no other. We long for the abiding love among men of good will, which the season brings, believing in this ancient miracle of Christmas with its softening, sweetening influence to tug at our heartstrings once again. And he ends by saying this. We want to hold on to the old customs and traditions because they strengthen our family ties, bind us to our friends, Make us one with all mankind, for whom the Christ was born. And brings us back again to God, who gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So we will not spend Christmas, not observe Christmas, but we will keep Christmas. Keep it as it is, and all the loveliness of its ancient traditions, may we keep it in our hearts that we, we may be kept in its hope. And tonight, as you head home, as you head to someone's house or condo, as you call back your friends and family in Ohio to make sure that they know that you got here, 
May you and may I keep Christmas. May we keep the peace that those angels pronounced. May we be people who have received the gift of peace and promote it and spread the goodwill, deliver the goodwill where it needs to be delivered. Would you pray with me tonight? Father, thank you for the wonderful gift of your son. Thank you for the peace that you provide. Not a lack of conflict, but a peace that is so deep and far and wide that it's almost something that is difficult for us to comprehend. Father, I thank you that we can have peace with you. And I pray right now for all those who are already Christ followers, who have been for days, weeks, months, and years. Father, I pray that we would be people who hear the announcement and the pronouncement of those angels. And Father, help us to be promoters of peace in a time of division. Help us to be people who deliver the message of a peace that is unconditional, it cannot be taken down and destroyed in a peace that is everlasting. Help us to be deliverers of goodwill, finding good things to do in our homes, in our communities, in our churches, in our schools and workplaces. Father, may we be a part of shedding that light and sharing the light that you brought to this world. Father, I pray that the world would look at us and know us, as your word says, by our love, not by division and strife, but by our love for you. Help us to do that when it's relatively easy. Help us to do that, especially when it's hard. Help us to do it tonight. Help us to do it this next week. Help us to do it this year. And for those of you who may be within the sound of my voice and you'd say, you know what, that uh, unconditional, impenetrable, eternal peace sounds like it's completely different than what the world offers. And I would like to have it. I'd like to receive that gift. If you'd like to receive that gift tonight or right now, wherever you're listening or watching, I I want to encourage you to say yes to him, to become a child of God, to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that your eternity is going to be with him because you placed your faith in the way, the truth, and the life. And right now, I'm going to pray a prayer out loud. It's nothing magical about the words. What's important is the intent of your heart. And I want to challenge you and invite you, if you've never put your belief in Jesus for salvation, that you would say this prayer, just you and God, just in the quietness of this moment, just you and him. It goes something like this. God, thank you for allowing me to be here tonight. God, I just admit that the problem I have is the sin that I have in my life keeps me from you. And tonight, I'm choosing 
to believe in you, Jesus, in that pronouncement of peace that the angels gave. And I accept you right now, in this moment, on Christmas Eve 2021, as my Savior. If you prayed that prayer or something similar to that along with me tonight, just with every head bowed in this, this place, in this room, and every eye closed, I, I just want to quietly pray for you. So would you just look up at me and just raise your hand? I promise you, I'm not going to call you out or anything. I just want to pray with you. Raise your hand if you prayed that prayer with me tonight. Just raise your hand. Awesome. Anyone else pray that prayer tonight along with me? Keep your hands up for just a moment. Anyone else? That's awesome. Father, I pray for these who have their hands raised and the ones that we may not see. You, you do. God, I thank you for these decisions that have been made tonight. And I pray for these who have their hands raised tonight, who made this decision tonight. I pray that you would help them to always seek you, to learn from your word. Father, help them in their newfound faith. You put your hands down. And God, I thank you that back when you were born, those angels made a pronouncement to the world, well, to the shepherds, but also to the world. And tonight, the Bible tells us that the angels are rejoicing in heaven because people have made a decision to follow you. God, I thank you for that. What a great parallel. And Father, I pray that you would be with each one of us who are here tonight. God, I thank you for your son. I thank you for this great message. And I thank you for this time that we can not only celebrate Christmas, but we can keep it in our hearts. Thank you, Father, for the peace that you deliver. We give the rest of this evening to you. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said.